unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Coming up on this episode, it's our Super Bowl 56 preview. Glad to have Carolina Panthers tight end Colin Thompson, also the host of the Not For Long podcast. Colin will break down the Super Bowl for us. He is standing by in the virtual green room, and he will join us in just a few moments. And I've got some exciting news for you. I'm going to be doing a ticket giveaway for the Apopka Jazz Festival. It's the uh, second annual International Apopka Jazz Fest. And uh, it's going to be taking place Saturday, March 19th, 4 o'clock at the Apopka Amphitheater. And headlining the show, the great Jeffrey Osborne, Hiroshima, Nestor Torres, D. Lucas, Lori Williams, and... DJ Andre Mack, but uh, Jeffrey Osborne is going to be playing in Apopka. That's going to be a great show, and uh, we're going to give you a chance to win tickets to that. And all you have to do is the following. Send me an email saying you want those tickets to Talk at gmail.com. We will uh, collect all those and then have a drawing the first week of March for the Apopka Jazz Festival uh, taking place on March 19th, headlined by Jeffrey Osborne. So make sure uh, you get that email to me, Jeff Allen Sports Talk at gmail.com. All right, the Pro Bowl. I know lots of folks have waited on this, and I will tell you, I have not watched the Pro Bowl in years, but in my man cave, I with my two TV setup, I flipped the Pro Bowl on while I was waiting for another college basketball game to start, just to put something on the screen. Whoa! When did they outlaw tackling? It was a touch football game. <laughs> oh, man, I get it. The players don't want to get hurt. But if there's not going to be tackling, why do we have a game? It's just not, just not, the, it's just not the thing. I did hear a great idea floated this week. Uh, just to replace the Pro Bowl and have the two worst teams in the NFL play for the first draft pick. <laughs> that I would watch. That I would watch. But yeah, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl, and, you know, I hate to do the old back in the day, you know, they they used to play the game. And over the years, it has progressively gotten less and less physical. And, and I get it. I get it. There's lots of money the guys could lose if they uh, if they get injured. And, uh, and it's a big risk. But, you know, the game just shouldn't exist anymore, at least in my opinion. Uh, because, yeah, uh, two-hand touch football is not what we want to see on the gridiron. And we will be right back with Colin Thompson of the Carolina Panthers right after this. Central Florida, we're back. It's the second annual Apopka International Jazz Fest. Starring the iconic Jeffrey Osborne. Jeffrey Osborne. With special guest Hiroshima, saxophonist D. Lucas, and Grammy Award winner Nestor Torres. Saturday, March 19th at the luxurious Apopka Amphitheater. Early bird tickets on sale. For complete details and tickets, log on to ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. Jeffrey Osborne. Baby, stay with me tonight. Get your tickets now. Time now to preview Super Bowl 56. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show our friend, Carolina Panthers tight end, Colin Thompson. Colin, thanks so much once again for being on the program today. Oh, Jeff, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. 
Yes, as always. And uh, we're actually doing this on Zoom. Uh, this will be, I think, the first time I've talked to you when you're not, uh, you know, driving somewhere or <laughs> waiting outside someplace. <laughs> yeah, we're always setting, you know, we're running around somewhere and got the, you know, headphones in or no headphones in or the audio quality is not the greatest, but maybe this will be a little better today. I got my podcast mic and I'm in an established place with some hopefully decent Wi-Fi. Yeah, excellent. So uh, before we get on the Super Bowl, just a quick uh, uh, recap, uh, you know, Carolina Panthers 5 and 12, not the season you guys certainly wanted. Kind of give me uh, some thoughts on that. I know there were some struggles. Christian McCaffrey was hurt again. um, The offense coordinator fired during the season. So a bit of a struggle. Um, Can you kind of put into words uh, how tough it was this year? Yeah, so obviously not the season we wanted, like you said. And the funny part is, you know, when I say to people, it's like a tale of three different seasons. Started the year three and zero, made it three and zero against Houston against Thursday night football, and you know you, you're optimistic. You have a nice little four day weekend, some recovery to start as you're going to four and zero, and that was um, you know they're all the teams are challenging the league, but we're moving on and we're moving to play now some of the NFC East and some of the NFC North teams we face in Minnesota, and then you're going to face the Patriots and all of a sudden we're find ourselves back at three and three. That was like another season there where you kind of are on the skid and all of a sudden you end up, I think we ended up three and five and then Cam joined the team. That's like another part of the season there uh, and Cam Newton. And then uh, from there we made it all the way back to five and five and beat Arizona, who was at the time, one of the best teams in the league is still one of the better teams in the league. Uh, and then we went on a skid, obviously. Didn't win a game the rest of the year. And that was the last season, last part of the season. Another chapter in the book, for lack of a better term, and, and not a good one for sure. So, you know, a lot of criticism publicly on Coach Rule. And I've been asked about it many times. And a lot of people want to avoid it with me. But, you know, I go on air and I'll say it again. I think Coach Rule lives out his entire contract as a Panthers head coach. That's a seven-year contract. So uh, I'm excited for the future in Carolina. Blessed to be a part of this team and this franchise. Of course, you know, when he took over, you know, maybe maybe they were a little ahead of schedule. You know, sometimes that happens uh, when when you're trying to get, you know, get a team uh, uh, rebuilt and back uh, back to where they were. Yeah, it's a great point you bring up. I think uh, there's always more than what the outside eye sees as the outside eye, at least an educated outside eye may see. So, you know, it's a great place. It's a great place to go to work. We have great leaders, one that you named in Christian McCaffrey and an absolute warrior and one of, if not the best player in the league, in my opinion. So I'm excited. We have a lot of great leadership on our team. A lot of great young players are now maturing. They'll be in their third year in the system. So lots to look forward to this year. All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit of Super Bowl 56 as we have a matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, boy, this is a Pretty interesting uh, contrast uh, as far as that goes. The Rams were a team that has, you know, they've made a lot of moves and spent a lot of money to try to get to where they, they want to get to. And the Cincinnati Bengals, probably a team ahead of schedule in their in their rebuild uh, with Joe Burrow leading the way. And they have a fantastic season getting through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. Give me your initial thoughts on this matchup. Well, there's a lot with this matchup, right? It's awesome for Cincinnati, right? They turn and everything's around and it's a feel-good story and they draft the quarterback who then tears his ACL and then comes back and all of a sudden, you know, he's the man across the NFL and uh, the team is as a young coach and a lot of, you know, good veterans as well, but really a young football team and a lot to look forward to there. Obviously, re- receiver, especially with Jamar Chase, someone that's kind of ran onto the scene. 
very hard to do as a rookie, especially if you didn't play last year. He sit out last year, everybody at LSU. So that shows you how good he is. Uh, so they have a lot of really talented roster up and down. Uh, so that's great for them. And then obviously we all know the Rams story, right? This is, they're at home. They're playing at home, even though they're a weight team, which is unique. And, um, you know, they're playing in an atmosphere now that, you know, they build a new stadium. They get guaranteed, you know, a Super Bowl coming to your town if you, if you build the new stadium, right, that the NFL does. And then they go all in, trade for, you know, over the last couple of years, guys like Matt Stafford and Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller. And, you know, the list goes on. Robert Woods, he's came and went. But a lot of really good players. You have to play like Cooper Cup who lit up the senior bowl. I remember watching him like, that guy's going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know if I said he was this good, uh, but I said he'd be pretty good. So, you know, a lot of high-end talent, a lot of people that everyone knows, household names, you know, in all positions for the Rams. Uh, and that's what they're bringing to the table. Obviously, Aaron Donald, can't not name him. So, to me, it's going to come down to, which we'll get into kind of the details of it, it's going to be coming down to, like, what defensive line has the most success so to me, like who can run the ball the most is going to have the most success in the game because they're going to control the clock. They're going to control the tempo. Who can be efficient in the short passing game to kind of control the clock, the tempo, move the chains, like the boring stuff of football, like how many first downs you get. Because if you're going to find yourself in like third and long, both of the pass rushers can get home. Uh, if you're going to find yourself, you know, in third and long in Cincinnati, Hendrickson, Hubbard, their guys inside are good. Obviously, we know what the Rams have. An underrated player for me in this game is Leonard Floyd. I played with Leonard in Chicago, a really good underrated player that people thought may have been a bust. I don't think he's a bust. I think he's a pretty good player. Obviously, Donald um, on the one side and then Von Miller as well. So they have plenty of people. That's just a couple names. They have plenty of high-end talent. So who could stay ahead of the chains? The boring football talk. I think that's who wins the game. Hey, of course, you know, it's all comes down to, you know, what happens in the trenches. And of course, you play the tight end position. So you're involved in the trenches. So, you know, that's where 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 it all happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's some great tight end play in the game, you know, as well. I don't know what's up with Uzma, but he's a stud. I know he got hurt last week. I, I don't know his his uh, what's going on with him. Actually, my buddy at Temple had him on my podcast this week. Not for long media. Chris came on. He's the practice squad tight end for the Bengals. So, um, you know, just happy for him and. You know, I got friends on both teams. This always makes it challenging here when you get to the Super Bowl, who you're going to root for. But I'll root for everybody uh, because <laughs> I just want to see a great game like everybody else. Yeah, no, no question about that. And, you know, you mentioned Joe Burrow being a great story uh, with his comeback from his injury. And then you look at like Matt Stafford, who languished in Detroit for so many years. And now, you know, he has the talent around him. Uh, you know, that's a tremendous story in itself. Yeah, there's so many different storylines in every Super Bowl. But you get a Super Bowl like this for Sean McVay, Coach Sean McVay, he's got a second crack at it. You got to they've they've leveraged everything draft pick wise to go in this salary cap wise to go into this and, and ha- host a Super Bowl at home. Right. So they are all in. And then, like you said, a Matt Stafford, who everybody knows that he was elite in Detroit. But there was always that, you know, hesitancy, you know, with a few different things, him or maybe team based or whatever that may be. Um, there's no hesitancy now, I think. I mean, it, he's uh, he's an elite quarterback. He can make all the throws. So there's going to be, you know, there's going to be fun stuff. You're looking at two, you know, offensive kind of gurus going at it. Sean McVay is the one that everyone knows about, but the Cincinnati Bengals head coach, he came from Sean McVay. So there's going to be some fun stuff. They're going to wrinkle out and pull back. I'm sure uh, that it would be, you know, really fun to see. Yeah, and, you know, if I find that interesting because, you know, both uh, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, they were on the – Washington football team staff 
at one time. And Before you wonder, Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you think about all that, and you wonder why that team didn't uh, do anything. But uh, I, I think, think that team was sense. pretty. I think that team was solid. That was like early Kirk Cousins, Robert Griffin, I think. Yeah, Robert Griffin third. Yep. They were yep. good. Jordan Reed was in his prime. They had to, they they were they they moved and shaked a little bit. But yeah, you're right. They weren't. Um, it, it comes down to to be honest, with you Jeff coaches are awesome and they do a lot of great things. And you see an impact like a Kyle Shanahan has on a Niners offense and different things. You know, the offense that may not have a quarterback can you throw it 500 miles down. You know, like a Patrick Mahomes. Um, so coaches do matter, but at the end of the day, it's Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's, and that's the famous football line. Yes. <laughs> and so how do you look at this game, you know, as far as how do you, how do you think it's going to play out? And, you know, is Cincinnati, does the team of destiny thing, you know, do, does that resonate with players at all? Well, again, I had my buddy Chris Myrick on the podcast and he was talking about how unique of a locker room it is. Locker room he's never been in like before and the confidence and the swagger. I think that comes from Joe and the coach and their coach, Zach Taylor. He's a young guy, has that confidence swagger, but so does Sean McVay. So does Matt Stafford. So they got plenty of confidence in L.A. You don't think Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald don't have confidence? They're the two best players in their position across the NFL. And that's how the Rams are, right? Best players in their positions across the NFL, Cooper Cup. Uh, Von Miller at one point was right. So uh, Leonard Floyd, I think, is in that conversation is a top tier guy. And I think the, the Bengals, I mean, it's, it's a lot of different things, but you know, the team of destiny stuff, it is what it is. You got to end up go making plays. You got to have confidence. Uh, I think it's nice when you maybe go down by a score or two, which would probably happen in this game. And then you got to fight your way back similar to what Kansas city, right. Goes up big. And here comes Cincinnati. I thought Kansas City was going to blow them out. That was my prediction before. Not a blowout in a disrespectful way, but like Kansas City, I have a ton of respect for. They're at home. A lot of things lean in their way. A lot of experience on that roster. Man, was I wrong, and a lot of people were wrong. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals came back. What a fun team to watch. Yeah, it uh, should be a, quite a matchup indeed. And uh, wanted to ask you real quick, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Pro Bowl this past weekend and the the lack of physical contact and tackling and things like that. And I wanted to get a thought from you from a player's perspective, because I'm sure you would love to suit up and play at a Pro Bowl if given the opportunity. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, want to hear, I get it because, you know, there's lots of things on the line for these guys getting hurt. You know, years ago when they everybody goes back to the day, they tackle. But, you know, there weren't the off-season programs like there are now. And, and if you get hurt and you miss those, that can set you back a little bit. So wanted to get your thought from a player's perspective on, on, the, uh, on the Pro Bowl. Should the game even exist at this, at this stage? Well, the NFL's changed completely, right, from back in the day. I think back to, you know, RIP to Sean, Chan, uh, Sean Taylor laying out, you know, such a different game. Um, everyone's treated so much better physically than what, you know, they were. Uh, so, you know, Guys in practice take care of each other the same way they're doing there. Uh, and the games, you let it go because these are people's livelihoods. They were then. It's just a different game now. My solution, talked about it this weekend with several people. Several people. It's tough on the offensive line and defensive line play, but I think you put them all out there with hats backwards. I think you put them all out there with flag football on. And I think you let up you know, skilled players go at it like a bona fide seven on seven. And I think you're going to see some amazing, amazing things. I really do. I think a seven on seven is the best way to do it. I know that is sounds like a joke to some people, but watch these receivers go at it when there's no pads on, you know, you're not going to get hit. And again, it doesn't matter. It's a pro bowl. So you're not going to get hit. I think the only way you could do it, the only way you can make it happen 
And it's really hard to do because some of these players are so valuable to so many different franchises, massively valuable as some sort of MLB all-star break where you make it this team, you know, has some sort of advantage in the Super Bowl. But the problem is the Super Bowl destinations are already set. It's not like baseball. So I don't have an answer. I don't think anybody does. I don't think it'll be around much longer. I think it's such a great event. I think it should be more of a, a week-long thing and have all the competitions. You see how competitive a thing like dodgeball can be. But if you put a football in guys' hands and you make it like a seven-on-seven seven and you have routes and you have coverages and you put everybody has to play man-to-man every time, something like that, I think you're going to see some really competitive things. But until you do that, I don't think anybody's right willing to hit anybody across the middle. It's just, it takes money out of people's pockets. It's just not good. Guys, if guys are getting ready. A lot of those players are getting ready to negotiate contracts. If you get hurt in that, you, you may, you're done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can see, you know, it's not a game that they're going to gain anything from winning. So <laughs> no, if you win MVP of the pro bowl, does that help your, you know, does that help your leverage? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't yeah. Think so. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, I want you to do some shameless plugs uh, for, for your uh, uh, Not For Long podcast. I did listen to the uh, the one with your buddy Chris Marriott today. And, of oh. course, one of my favorite ones was the one you did with uh, great Philadelphia broadcast legend Harry Mays. Ah. Uh, because, because, you know, Harry Mays is actually the guy, the guy you and I connected. He did uh, yeah, a few years me. ago. You, you know, yeah. I loved hearing his story about you know about that. I was like, man, you you you, you guys from the, you, that uh, that that work and live in Philadelphia are grinders. <laughs> <laughs> we try to be, man. I, I I'm lucky to have some unbelievable mentors like himself, um, John McMullen, Tony Bruno, Harry Donahue, who calls Temple football and Temple basketball. So I've been really fortunate as a young kind of up and not up and coming, but really trying to grind through my way through this and have fun with it to be work with some great people and learn from some great people. Um, so yeah, the podcast, not for long media, a lot of stuff going on with that. You were on all social media, but really what we're turning into, I try to turn us into is kind of like a action park media, you know, Barstool sports in the sense that there's a bunch of different podcasts underneath one thing. And that one thing would be not for long media. Um, so we're actually adding a professional baseball player. He's played all over baseball. It's not even public yet. Uh, and uh, he's coming on our team and he's going to, he's been with the Padres, the Rays, Cincinnati Bengals, and he's uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Reds, and he's going over to uh, Japan to play. So he's going to have a podcast underneath us. Uh, so we're excited for that. That's coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Obviously not for long. We have a bunch of different football podcasts coming out now, but I just did an interview to a new sports nutritionist who's like help tubby weight boxers put on a ton of weight uh, and Jackie Sclaver. She's got great story. Um, and then I've had uh, you know people from reggae bands on. I, I really express who I am, all my interests, which is a little bit of everything. So that's the podcast. Uh, it's fun. It's interactive. It's conversational. And we do a bunch on our social media. So uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but we're doing the Twitter spaces uh, Thursday night at 6 PM. So we'll, uh, you know, be sure to plug you. We can get a chance to, and I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a blast. Awesome. Okay. As always, uh, Carol, Carolina Panthers tight end, Colin Thompson, also the host of uh, not for long media podcast. Uh, as always, thank you again, buddy. Hey, thank you, man. Now let's close things out with a TV theme. Yes. No, maybe.
That, of course, the TV theme from Malcolm in the Middle, which ran January 2000 to May 2006, seven seasons, 151 episodes on Fox. The series follows a dysfunctional lower middle class family starring Frankie Muniz and the lead role is Malcolm, an adolescent who tests at a genius level. And while he enjoys being intelligent, he greatly resents having to take special classes for the gifted children, which are mocked by the rest of the kids at the school. Jane Kaczmarek plays Malcolm's overbearing, hot-headed, and stubborn mother, Lois. And Brian Cranston plays his immature, manic, but loving father, Hal. Love Brian Cranston, you know, from, uh, you know, from playing the dentist in Seinfeld to Breaking Bad. What range this guy has. Uh, Christopher Kennedy Masterson plays his eldest brother, Francis, the troublemaking son, who in earlier episodes was in military school, but eventually marries and settles into a steady job. Justin Burfield is Malcolm, Malcolm's dim-witted older brother, Reese, a cruel junior high bully who tortures Malcolm at home despite defending him at school. Eric Persullivan plays younger brother Dewey, who develops to be people smart, musically talented, and concerned about his well-being. And in early episodes, of course, the show's focus was on Malcolm, but as they progressed, it explored all six members of the family more. Another character, Jamie, James and Lucas Rodriguez, played the role of the fifth son of Hal and Lois at the end of season four. Malcolm in the Middle, our TV theme for this week. And one more reminder to win those tickets to the Apopka Jazz Festival, March 19th at the Apopka Amphitheater, starring Jeffrey Osborne. Send me an email to enter the drawing, Talk at gmail.com. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net. The second annual Apopka International Jazz Fest, starring Jeffrey Osborne with Hiroshima, D. Lucas, and Grammy Award winner Nestor Torres. Saturday, March 19th at the Apopka Amphitheater. For complete details and early bird tickets, log on to Apopka International Jazz Fest.com.